Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Good evening everyone, my name is Louisa and I'm a member of the 6pm congregation and it is my absolute joy and pleasure to be reading the Bible at our first congregation service back together. So please open up to John chapter 9 starting at verse 1. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked him. I don't know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. They still did not believe that he'd been blind and received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son, they asked? Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. 
Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hold insults at him and said, You are this fellow's disciples. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they'd thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what? Are we blind too? Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. I forgot to say before, a special uh, shout out to you if you're at home right now. Uh, really looking forward to the day when we can all be together in person. Uh, that will be a really great day. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open our eyes today by the light of your Son, by the power of your Word, for the glory of your name. Amen. 2,000 years ago, in the ancient city of Jerusalem, a woman gave birth to a child, a son. And a newborn is a wondrous thing, right? A miracle. An everyday miracle, maybe, but still, a miracle. Only the joy of this mother and father was quickly cut short by the realization that their son had been born blind. That's not to say they loved him less, only that they worried for him more. 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, there's no Braille, there's no technological assistance, there's no national disability insurance scheme. Life was hard for most people in the ancient world, but especially for somebody born with a disability. The child grew and became a man, and to say his prospects were limited is to completely understate his situation. His only hope for an income was to beg. And so that's what he did every day. He methodically, slowly made his careful way to the same familiar spot on a busy thoroughfare, sitting down and begged, desperately hoping that strangers would notice him. Every day unseeing, yet hoping to be seen. And one day, as he sat and waited and hoped, part of a passing conversation caught his attention. Rabbi! He heard a voice say, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And the man born blind had learned long ago that pride doesn't fill an empty belly, but 
it's still fun to be so casually discussed, to be the object of some moral lesson, some theological speculation. The footsteps went silent, and he could no longer feel the warmth of the morning sun, so this group must have stopped in front of him. And then the man heard a different voice speak. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This other voice was right in front of him. And it must have been the rabbi because he was the one responding. Only, what rabbi would talk like this? Did this stranger just say that the works of God would be displayed in him? Did this rabbi just call himself the light of the world? But before he could ponder any further, he heard the unmistakable sound of this rabbi spitting. And then he felt the rabbi's hands gently resting on his cheekbones and he could smell dirt. And then he felt the rabbi's fingers wiping what must have been mud over his closed eyes. And then the rabbi spoke, his face so close he could have whispered. He said, go, wash in the pool of Siloam. And then the warmth of the morning sun returned to his face and he heard footsteps begin and then recede. And the mud-faced man didn't understand, but he knew something had happened. He knew he had been sent, so he went. And he washed. And he saw, for the first time ever, he saw, and he wept, and he gave glory to God. The next day he returned to his old begging spot to collect the possessions he'd left there in his earlier days. And by their voices, he identified those who would beg or work or walk nearby. As he approached, he he greeted them his smile breaking his face in half, but they didn't respond to him. They looked at each other curiously. Isn't this the man that used to sit and beg? And it was then he really understood as an unseeing man just how unseen he had been. That these people he'd interacted with for so long still couldn't quite recognize him. But he remembered the other man, the stranger, the rabbi, who had truly seen him. The now seeing man assured them he was definitely himself and he told them what had happened. But rather than seem excited that he could now see, they kept fixating on the identity of the man who had done the healing. And then they were whisking him away to speak with a group of the Pharisees. And the man had to tell these religious leaders what had happened, his joy spilling out of him as he spoke. He put mud on my eyes and I washed. And now I see. But rather than share in his joy, again, they fixated on the identity of this other man. Some of them pointed out that the rabbi hadn't kept the Jewish law because on the Sabbath he had made mud and healed when any kind of work was forbidden. 
but they accepted that the man born blind was now the man who could see, so they kept arguing over this other man's identity. They clearly knew who he was, but they wouldn't use his name. Finally, they again turned to the now-seeing man and asked him for his insight. The man didn't hesitate. He considered this. He's a prophet. Who else but somebody sent by God could do this? At that point, they dismissed him and they continued arguing. But before long, they summoned his parents. Apparently now they were no longer convinced that he had actually been born blind. And so they interrogated his mother and his father. And from what the man born blind gathered, his parents affirmed he had always been born blind. But beyond that, they just tried to distance themselves from the situation. And the man understood. This was getting serious now. Apparently the man who had healed him was already known to the Pharisees, was already regarded as a threat. In fact, the Pharisees had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that this man, Jesus, was the Messiah, would be kicked out of the religious community. They'd be excommunicated. And it wasn't uncommon for somebody who hung out with an excommunicated person to also be excommunicated. So no wonder his parents were just backing off a little. And then again, the Pharisees were calling the now-seeing man to stand before them, only this time with an official legal summons. They demanded he give glory to God by telling the truth. And then they told him the truth he was to tell. They said, we know this man is a sinner and you need to confirm it. And what could a simple, once born blind, now seeing man say to these religious experts? Whether or not he is a sinner, I do not know. But this I do know. I was born blind, but now I see. They demanded he tell the story of the healing again. They were trying to trap him to find an inconsistency. Now was the time to choose his words really carefully. But at this point, their unwillingness to accept things as they actually were, their blindness to who Jesus really was, their stubborn pride, their refusal to rejoice, it was all too much for him. He probably should have kept his cool, said something diplomatic, got out of there as quickly as possible. But instead he mocked them. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? That did it. They hurled insults at him. They sneered at the man who had healed him. And again, he probably should have kept his mouth shut, but how could he let them speak such lies? How could he not stand up for this rabbi, the one person who had actually seen him, who had cared for him, who had healed him? How could they not see how good this man Jesus really was, where he must have come from? But his words achieved nothing. The Pharisees had already decided, after all. And so he was thrown out with more consequences surely to follow. Once again, he meandered about Jerusalem in a daze, marveling that he could see 
marvelling that others couldn't see or wouldn't see. And then he became aware that a man was approaching with a small crowd in his wake and so he made to get out of the way, only this man followed him. And he realised that this man had been searching out him. And then the man spoke and it was the same voice as from before. The voice that had claimed to be the light of the world. A voice so full of authority, it could have uttered reality into being. The voice said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? Tell me that I may believe in him. And the voice, the rabbi, Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he's the one speaking to you. And he was right. The once born blind, now seeing man, did see Jesus, did know him, whether or not anyone else did. And there was only one possible way to respond. Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. The story of the once born blind, now seeing man, is a really old one, but I think it still packs a punch, especially for religious people. We just heard the story from the perspective of the blind man, but I think the characters many of us should best relate to are actually the Pharisees. It's trendy in our society right now to point out cultural blind spots to point out biases or unrecognised privileges or moral shortcomings of others. As if by pointing those things out, we are demonstrating that we, at least, can see clearly. Like the Pharisees, we often have these warped perspectives of ourselves. It can happen in so many simple ways where we overvalue ourselves. Maybe at work we feel overlooked, while simultaneously downplaying the work of our colleagues. Maybe we regard ourselves as more generous than we are. We brush over how much time and money we spend on our leisure and entertainment while not seeing the needs of those around us. Maybe we are so much more eager to speak than to listen because we have already decided that we're right. Maybe our blindness extends to how we see Jesus. The Pharisees, they kept trying to put Jesus in this box that they'd made for him. And it's so easy, so tempting for us to want to do the same. We might casually dismiss him as irrelevant without ever properly looking at him. Or we might see him as a prop to legitimize our most strongly held opinions and ideologies. We try to force him to look just like us instead of us trying to look like him. But Jesus doesn't fit very well into a box. He is more authoritative and more gentle, more demanding and more patient, more powerful and more humble, more just and more merciful than we can comprehend. We need the light of the world to expose us to help us see ourselves for what we are. 
broken sinners in desperate need of someone to see us, to seek us out, to heal us and forgive us. Admitting our blindness is a really confronting thing. A scary thing, a painful thing, an embarrassing thing. And so our inclination is to resist, to self-justify, or to hide. For that man, Jesus, who saw the man born blind, who cared for him, who healed him, who sought him out, is the same man that sees you, that cares for you, that seeks you out and wants to heal and forgive you as well. All he asks in response is that we would believe in him, that we would put our confidence in him as the one who can save us and as the one who can teach us how to see ourselves and others more clearly from now on. Our safeguard against becoming like the Pharisees is to keep coming to him and to let the light of the world help us see. So tonight, do it. Maybe for you that would be the first time. Maybe for you that would be the thousandth time. But do it. Give Jesus your trust. Let him help you to see yourself. To see others. To see the world that so desperately needs him. Let the light of the world help you see. Lord God, it's a really hard thing. We might love the idea of this generous, kind, miraculous Jesus, but when it comes to accepting the idea that we are so deeply broken, he had to die for us, our hearts revolve. And so I pray in your mercy you would help us to see him so clearly, see his kindness, his goodness, his mercy, that we wouldn't be so afraid of seeing ourselves clearly as well that in seeing ourselves we would put our trust in him and live for him and reflect his light to the world around us. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.